Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Digital Masters Podcast. Today we have on Tim Keen. He is the co-founder of Loop. They help purpose-driven e-commerce brands scale quickly. And we're gonna be talking about how he's grown his agency from nothing to over a million dollars a year in less than nine months. And we're also gonna be talking about how do you find time to do the important things like marketing when you're so busy scaling an agency. So let's get into it. All right, Sam, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Of course, Stephen. Pleasure. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Um, so you, you've left like a lasting impression uh, in my life and in my business. You were the first person that saw one of my LinkedIn posts and you scheduled a call right away. And then uh, you actually uh, signed the deal on that first call. And I thought that was awesome and, and uh, I appreciate that. Oh, no, of course. It was it was so funny when I saw it. I was looking because I had never done sales before and I was looking and I was like, okay, how do I make content? And I saw your post. and I was like, I want to do that. Show me how to do that. <laughs> and it was just such a clear like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. And then that, that also told me something about you, too. It's like you're obviously like you're obviously adventurous and trusting. And like a lot of people would not do that. They wouldn't just like find somebody online and just you know, just take that risk. I'm curious, like, how has that played into your life and maybe even to your business, that kind of adventurous, trusting perspective? Yeah, it's funny that you say that. I don't even really think about it, but I do think that I have made a lot of relatively reckless decisions that have benef <laughs> of, uh, ultimately benefited me. And I, I do think it's like, I, f I find myself to be an early adopter a lot. Like when I see an ad for a well-targeted, like, oh, this software is really gonna help my career, or like, oh, this thing, like if if the value proposition is something that like I'm actually gonna be helpful, like help me, I will just test it out. I'll just be like, all right, it's worth it. Like what's what's the worst that can happen? And I think when I was learning marketing, I didn't really have marketing experience. Like I had no marketing experience. And yeah, same here. how I learned to do it was just like building stores and when I started getting fast at learning was when I stopped holding myself back from paying for like the $39 a month plugin or like, oh, I shouldn't use this until I'm like really confident it's going to help me. Like that thinking was costing me a lot of money because I was never learning what the product of what that thing would be. And now like obviously I've wasted, wasted a bunch of money on like, things that may not have worked out or may not have been the best thing, but I've also learned more. <laughs> I have, I have an experience with all these different things. And like that experience, I think comes across on, on sales calls and comes across with, with the team and is like, it just helps, it just accelerates your business. Yeah. It, it is funny that like those little purchases actually hold us back. Like it's like a $39 plugin, but we're like, eh, I don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit like, that is one of the things I'm trying to get over now, just like pulling the trigger faster on stuff. Yeah. It's like, like, what's the big deal? You learn so much, you can learn so much faster. And um, I, I don't know, that is something that I, I take from guys like you. Like, even just seeing the way you did, you know, you you, uh, you worked with me, I was just like, oh, that, you can just do that. Like, what's the big deal, you know? It's funny because I was, I was literally just talking about this today, I'm onboarding someone and I was like trying to think as I onboarded them, I was like, Hey, what's actually really important to the business? And I was just like, just do it. Just do the thing. Just whatever you want to do, just do that. You don't have to ask me. And one of our clients actually is just really exceptional at that. They're really, they're very, very good business people have been in digital marketing for a really long time. And 
there is no gap between wanting to do something and doing it. It just doesn't exist. It's just like, oh, cool idea. Okay, what are we going to do? And that's they're a very extreme example of it, very successful, but it really was like a reminder of like, hey, that does work. Yeah, and I think like strategy is fun. I actually, that's, I love strategy. But what I've just noticed, especially with marketing, is like the execution informs that strategy. So yeah, spend a little time thinking about how you can leverage your time, money, effort as best as possible. That's how yeah. you can actually move as fast as possible. Yeah, and the execution, like, in this job, there's in marketing, I think, especially in sales and marketing, there's so many tiny details that make a really massive impact on how things work. And you don't know what those details are until you've done it one time. Like, and it's always, it's always so little. It's like, oh, you should have connected the integration like this. And then it would have been positive or like, oh, everyone knows you have to exclude this audience. So like everyone does it this way, but like, you don't know that. No one knows that until yeah, you do it. Especially with like product development, like, if, if you're doing something, yeah, it's like when you're doing a product, like even what I have now, it's like I engineered it through discussions. I would, I would yeah. go to somebody, I would pitch it to them. Sometimes it wasn't even a pitch. It was just like, hey, let's have a discussion. Let me run some ideas by you. And if my idea sounded good enough, then I could turn it into a pitch like halfway through. Um, but it was, it was the conversations that I had with people that actually created the product. And I could never have created the product if I hadn't had those conversations. Completely, completely. And I, I think I didn't even realize when I got on that call that you were the, that I was your first, like the first person to book a call. Like, and I think that was like just testament to the fact that uh, I was looking for the thing that well, you, you had. And maybe you hadn't like, you hadn't said it that many times, like there wasn't a routine around it, but it's still like you found someone. Well, you weren't you the first person to, uh, to book a call, but you were the first person to like absorb it and like pull the trigger on the first call. <laughs> I don't know if that says a good thing about me. The most impulsive person to no, book a call. I, no, I mean, far. I think that's what's cool about you, man. Like you just, and that's what, and I remember I went to my wife. I was like, man, I just got, I just met the coolest guy because that attitude, uh, here's the reason why, another reason why I thought that was cool is because I knew that you would be successful doing what we were going to do because so many people with content, it's like, they all want to know all the answers just like what we're talking about. They want all the answers up front. They want to know that what they, what they do is going to provide value. And it's like, hey, you're going to take a best guess, but you don't know what's going to happen until you start doing it. And so when you pulled the trigger on it, I was like, hey, I know this guy can make it work because he's just ready to roll. So that, that's, that's what was exciting, as well as it just being exciting for me to like have that happen because that's kind of the dream with like selling Completely. consulting packages, right? Like you... You get something. Yeah. Like Someone's just, yeah, exactly. I mean, I want, I want to do that now. Now I would love to have that, but I also think it was, it, it speaks to like where I was at. Like I was, it's hard to even remember now, but I was so confused about how to effectively actually drive leads through content. Like I just hadn't done it before. There was, I didn't have many resources available to me on how to do it. And like, when you're, when you're feeling that void, when you're like, I have to make this work, like I have to find a solution to this problem of not having enough leads, like you, I will just do things. Like you just have to keep testing stuff. Until yeah, totally. Works. Well, um, so when we started working together, we took a slight pause because you're so busy, which is awesome. You're scaling like crazy right now. So um, for the people that are at that stage where they're scaling their, whatever type of agency it is, their consulting agency or whatever, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about the stresses you're going through, like 
maybe maybe before I get into some of the other questions, just like maybe tell me a little bit about exactly what's going on with you guys. Like, like, like how like yeah, just what is what are you going through right now? Totally. So we started really in earnest. Our business was formed. We got our LLC in August last year. We were working a little bit before that, but we formally, like we didn't even have a bank account until the really? end of August. And we, um, we'd, we'd obviously all been working. We came from different agencies. Like we, we had experience in, in the business. Like we knew how to do this, but we weren't like publicizing ourselves, driving leads, doing all of that stuff. And then um, since obviously COVID has helped, we, we do, we do marketing for purpose-driven Shopify e-commerce stores. So like e-commerce is booming. We know how to do it. Like we've done it before we have proven success. So it, it's like, it's not that hard to sell to people once you can get them on the phone. But the challenge is like figuring out how to articulate to people what you can sell. Um, so we started like there were three of us, me, Taylor and Tim, my two co-founders, we started around August last year with like not very much revenue and just one client. And, and now we're at like, I think somewhere like 20 clients over hundred K and in recurring revenue in monthly recurring revenue. Like it's, it's really just like skyrocketed and it's crazy growth, man. There are many, it's crazy. And I think the challenges that we're facing are like now, right now, they're really around resources. It's like, how do we get the resources in place in the right time? Like, how do we assemble the moving parts of like, how do we get enough people who know what they're doing to service the clients by the date when everything happens? But, literally less than six months ago when I, before I started posting on LinkedIn, the main problem that we had was how do we get leads? How do we predictably get leads? And, and we had no answer to that. Just none at all. Just no idea what I was going to do. And I was running like, we we're a marketing agency. So theoretically we should know that, but we all come from direct to consumer. So it's just like, it's so different. It's yeah. That's totally interesting. Different. Like, but like I, I found that it, I've, I've always found that interesting that like sometimes marketers need help marketing like i still need help marketing yeah. you know it's like we all need help on these things even though we are we are that thing yeah i wish i'd realized that earlier i think it's actually like a a, a a something that if had we done this again i would have started marketing earlier and potentially like consulted someone with real experience in b2b marketing earlier because it is Hey, marketers are a lot of the time not good at marketing themselves. Like that's definitely a thing that people say and I've found it to be really true. And then also like I had no preparation for how different B2B and B2C is. Like it's it's more different than like me being in a band and me being a marketer. Like it's fundamentally <laughs> different industries, like different way of approaching people, different things that qualify people, different sales process, different like... People, there's a lot more, obviously it's a bigger ticket purchase and people don't want to fail. Like you don't want to fail in B2B marketing because you get fired or your boss will be mad at you. And that doesn't, that experience is very different if you're like buying a skirt or like buying some meat on the internet, you know, you're not worried about losing your job from that. Yeah. Every once in a while, somebody will come to me that they're selling like a consumer product and I'm just kind of like, I would love to help. I mean, but I just don't know. I just don't know like how. Although yeah. I did, there was one guy yeah. that came to me the other day, which was kind of interesting. He's selling, like he's developing his own tequila and uh, he wants to do video too, but he wants to, he wants to build his brand around the technology space. So he's thinking about doing like a podcast or a show around that. Uh, I thought that was an interesting idea of bringing attention to the, to the brand itself. But yeah, it, it is totally different. Um, 
I think for me, like, I don't even really think B2B or B2C. For me, it's always been like, like E to E. It's like entrepreneur to entrepreneur. That's how my mm-hmm. mind works. Um, so sometimes like, I don't even like the, the lines are all kind of blurred, but, um, well, so, so it, well, in, in terms of like yourself, like how, as the leader, as, as a, as one of the leaders of the, of your organization, like, how are you handling the stresses of all this stuff? Do you get time off during the weekends or like just, just personally, how are you handling that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, that's, that's been the most challenging thing for us. So there's three of us. I'm so lucky that we have three co-founders and the whole team is just like amazing. Um, so having, knowing that the team is so solid and just like that has made me feel okay. I would say that my stress was significantly higher in January, February before the leads closed. Cause this was like, as like, I think we, we formed this company without a clear leader, which I think is totally fine to form a company and the three of us really contribute different strengths and weaknesses but we just had not we didn't have a defined sales process and my fear in january it was was so much greater because we had all these stuff we had all of this stuff like but i couldn't predictably tell you like when the new revenue was going to come or where it was going to come from and that was terrifying like that was that's about as scared as ever been and that was when i was working i just worked constantly um, and now I feel like my personal stress has decreased, even though the amount of work that we have to do, like the volume of deliverables, the amount of clients is much higher, but I'm so much less stressed because I know where our next meal is coming from. Like I'm relatively confident that I could post or that I could run some ads. And then I'm confident that I could, I could run that process from start to finish. Like I could get us a new client if we needed to. So I'm actually doing way better. <laughs> I'm doing way better. And I'm unfortunately, what's hard for me personally is seeing the stress trickle down to the rest of the team because they were waiting on the clients. I did all of the stress of the sales process. And now they're like, oh God, we have to deliver and service the clients. So um, I'm feeling better, weirdly. I don't get, I've tried to take a couple of days off. Trying to get one day off a week would be awesome. I'd love it's, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. No, I hear you. So like in terms of the team, how do you deal with that? Like, it's like number one, the team always wants to help out. Like they want to contribute, but they, they have their own personal lives too. It's like, um, how, how, how have you been handling the, the, the negotiation with that when, when you need them or you need to, them to put in a little extra time? How do you, how do you negotiate all that? Yeah, I, I think it's been really, they've just done it everyone's just done it. Everyone's done what they've needed to do. And I think it's really been about having people feel like they own the responsibility and just having two other real co-founders, two co-founders who are like really skin in the game and are like absolutely in it. And, and even people who aren't co-founders like Lisa and Camille have been there since the start, are like close, really, really close to the business and work incredibly hard, just work all the time. But sometimes like you kind of need people to take some days off and like you need people to take a weekend. Otherwise you'll all collectively lose your minds, but everyone's stepped up. Everyone's just done it. And, and it's been just absolutely amazing. I think there is, everything has gotten better now that I'm driving more leads. <laughs> like that just, that is, it is just the thing. It just makes everything easier. Cause all of a sudden people are like, I don't want, I don't want to get left behind here. Like a lot is happening at once. And like everyone steps up their game, everyone pushes forward and like, 
in the place, like it becomes easier to justify getting things or like getting new staff or getting a salesperson or, or getting a fractional COO who we got, which has been fundamental, like hugely important cool. to us. It, it's so much easier to justify that stuff if you are like, yo, we're driving revenue, like we got to go. Um, but when you're like sitting on the same amount of clients every month, which we were for a really long time, sitting on the same amount of clients and not explicitly trying to grow, just trying to be like, oh, okay, we'll manage it. That's when like the thoughts creep in thoughts and opinions and like, oh, like worry. And it gets into personal, but we don't have time for yeah, that. Yeah, that's now. cool. And, and, and you, you guys also feel like a very purpose-driven company too. And I just have a feeling, this is just a feeling because I, you know, I don't know, but you tell me is like the way that, the way that, the, the way that you have that adventurous attitude, you just, uh, you go with the flow. Um, you, you have a purpose. Obviously you have the revenue to support everything. But I have a feeling that that's what allows the team to feel comfortable too and even putting in that extra effort when they need to. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think the other thing that's been really helpful for us actually is um, that there's a lot of people from outside the industry. I think that's, that's, that's been really, really pivotal because all of a sudden, if you come in, you get... And, and for all of us, this has been a tremendous opportunity for all of us. Like I just fell into this industry and then brought my friends in to the work that we've been doing together and then trying to deliver as, as good quality work as we can. We all just fell into this job and having to learn on the go and knowing that there are gaps in your knowledge that you need to fill and knowing that you're doing things that you may have never done before and knowing that we're all doing that together, I think helps people work a little bit harder than if you're just like, oh, okay, clocking in today uh, to my marketing yeah. job. No, totally. I agree. Even with, like hearing you talk about it, like, there's like, I kind of miss having that team. Like it's cool that you have that, like those partners and, and it's a good functioning relationship. Uh, I remember one of the hardest things about selling my previous company was going to, was going from having what you're talking about to like literally just being one guy, <laughs> one guy again, it's quite a uh, experience. So I would, I would encourage you to think carefully before you ever sell your, your company. <laughs> it's quite an, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a, uh, I mean, there's benefits to it, of course, too, but it's uh, especially because I think in a service business, it's you put in so much like effort and time and yeah. you do it over such a long period of time. You build all these relationships. So it's pretty tough to just like to leave that um, to just exit out of that. Yeah, it's really interesting because like that is it's a topic of conversation that comes up and it's like you want to prepare your business for that up and opportunity. You want to have that option. And it's also like, obviously, it sounds great to make more money and not have to work as much. And to be able to kind of, if, if you sell to the right person, like it, it seems like you can push the business forward. But yeah, there's, I can only imagine how challenging that would be to lose. like losing it, Yeah, it really is. And it, talking about what you're saying now too is interesting because the things to prepare yourself for sale or like partners coming and going, all of that stuff is like not fun to talk about. Like having like buy sell agreements and like uh, just, I mean, none of it is fun to think through, but it is, yeah. it is pretty. Exactly. It's really uncool. And it makes you think really like concretely about money and what's yours and what isn't yours, which is like not yeah. that fun. Yeah. It doesn't, Especially doesn't I can work. imagine for a, a team like you, where you guys seem like you're so close knit. It's like those types of discussions are just kind of like uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't like it at all. And, and 
We have, I think one thing that will help us with that is we just brought on a fractional CFO as well to just try to take care of that for us. And there's another person I found on LinkedIn. Everyone who's good in this business, we found on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All, mo well, I don't say all of them, but like a majority of my clients have all come from LinkedIn. Majority of all the people on my podcasts have come from LinkedIn. Uh, so it's a pretty, pretty crazy place. Yeah. Um, so one thing I, I was on a webinar earlier. So earlier I mentioned that you took a break from working with me because you guys were so busy. I just had a webinar earlier where uh, I was talking about content marketing and like 75% of the people basically said that, that they just, the, the hardest part about it is the time. Um, so I, I mean, obviously businesses run out of time, but I don't know, maybe you could tell me a little bit about like, and especially with agencies, like if you're growing, like you're, you're never going to get the, the time never comes. So I'm wondering, like, I'm just kind of thinking, like, how do you think about this? Like how, how do you slot something like in, like that into something like doing content marketing or, or making these things a priority? Yeah, it's a huge pain point. It's so funny that you say that because we have been building some courses or have been trying to productize our knowledge into some, some courses, specifically for people who may not be ready for an agency yet, but want to set up their ad accounts well, to be able to run marketing well. And when I've done research and talked to people, everyone says exactly the same thing. They're like the money, the amount of course costs is not relevant. What's irrelevant is time. Like we're all so time poor. We need to get actionable information quickly. Um, it's just like everyone is out of time. And I mean, this is our biggest problem right now is content marketing works. We know it works. We know that it increases in ROI over time. We know that SEO is just like massively valuable to the business. Um, we know that we get leads from it, but even still, I can't make time for it because my day just fills in with client calls and, and, and stuff like that. So it's something that we're working through. And, and I think it's not something that we've solved yet, but there are a few things that we're trying. The first thing is just hired someone to do sales and I'm going to give her, I'm going to have her do sales and marketing. I'm going to give her the project of like making content or kind of project managing and owning the content as like a project she needs oh, to do. Cool and think to think about like us as the people who may contribute to that content as like actors that she kind of has to wrangle <laughs> and then make her own the process of wrangling us. Cause we can do it. If someone sits down and we did this the other day when we were trying to make a video, I was, ex we were all exhausted. I was like, guys, maybe we shouldn't do this. And then Mars who works on our team was like, we're going to knock it out. We'll <laughs> well, do it in 15 minutes, creator. one He's take, no edits. And yeah. we got it done. That's we awesome. got it done. Exactly. Yeah. He's a TikTok. He's TikTok famous. He's and that attitude, just having someone wrangle us and be like, no, you can do it in 15 minutes. You just have to has helped a lot, man. Um, that is like, that is like one of the most interesting points you just made. Cause I, I feel that all the time. Like I'll just sit down and make, ah, I don't want to do this, but like you, yeah. sometimes it's just like you pushing through. Um, but yeah, it, it, it feels impossible until you just sit down and do it. And you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and a lot of the time, like 15 minutes can be a lot of time. Like you can get a lot done in, in 15 minutes. The other thing that I want to start doing that I, this is purely speculation, but I, I haven't done this yet is I think it's going to be a very efficient way to make content to just like talk into a loom or into something like that for an hour and then have someone transcribe it for a blog. Like, I think that's going to, I think it'll work. Like if I just do 30 minutes of 
if I make a rough outline of an article that I would have written, very rough article, just kind of talk about it and then have someone transcribe that and edit it, I think that that will be an effective and scalable way of making content because we just talk about the stuff all day. We talk about things that would be good pieces of blog content. We're just constantly talking and we're all pretty, I think, eloquent enough that we could just get it down. And then it's just about building a process around that. Like how, how do you transcribe it? How do you edit it? How do you turn it into real content? And I don't have that machine yet. I know that you kind of do. And I think that's something that would be really beneficial to us is like, how do you build the actual content distribution machine? That, that is something I'm working on. And then I think the third thing that would be really helpful that we're getting to now is, is organizational buy-in around the value mm. of content. It just takes a long time to get everyone on the same page that like, I know that this SEO blog that we're writing isn't going to deliver leads tomorrow or no one, no client is going to yell at you if you don't do this by tomorrow. Whereas we have all these other obligations that someone will yell at us. Like someone will be mad if we don't do these things, but actually this piece of blog content is actually much more important because it eventually creates our ability to have the clients in a month's time. And if we, or six months time, and if we don't do it now, like we won't have those clients, like we need to do it. So getting buy-in, getting everyone on the same page about the value of it has been challenging, but we, I actually think we're there now. And around that, what we've done is we're making, trying to make Fridays into a relatively client free day. So we've been like Fridays is the day that we work on the business. We all, the whole team, cool. everyone thinks about, okay, what needs to be done in the business? What needs to be done in our processes? What ads do we need to make for ourselves? What content do we need to make for ourselves? It hasn't been completely successful yet because we're super busy, but just carving out that space to be like, no, it's good and right that you're not always working on client stuff. And we want you to, and we're, we're enforcing you to. Like it's starting a process that I think will improve I think you, you can almost get addicted to the work. And you almost feel like 100%. when you stop doing the work and you start doing this other creative thing and it's just like a little more loosey, loosey goosey or whatever the word is, it's like you almost feel guilty. You're like, I should be, there's something yeah. I should be doing right now. Um, and to your, yeah, and to exactly. your point about the SEO, like one of my clients there, they're like a $9 million like virtual CFO firm now. And the SEO has been huge for them. And it was an investment they started way back. And man, it's like what drives most of their growth now. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, one of our clients, our smartest client is, is just, just SEO geniuses and they just own the internet. They don't have to spend money on ads. They don't have to uh, raise venture capital. They just have websites and people come to them and you just, just it's so yeah. easy. So, but it involves forward planning and the risk of wasting time and money on something that you need to be confident in in the future. It's, it's scary. Yeah, I just, I, I just keep going back to that thing where it's like, how risky is it really? You know, it's like, like it feels <laughs> risky, but like, I don't know, is it, is it really? Um, the, the, the way I've, I've, I've been starting to think about SEO a lot too, and um, I haven't executed on this yet, but it's like top of my list is like, what I wanna try to do is either take my live shows, these 10 or 15 minute live shows, push those, well, they'll already be on, on YouTube, but then use those as the, you know, I'll transcribe those and then have somebody 
develop like a SEO strategy, not me, because I don't know that very well, but develop a SEO strategy so that when I take those transcripts and I send them, uh, you know, to, to get written, they'll go through that SEO filter. And then hopefully I'll be producing fairly regular blog articles that, you know, it's not just a transcription, but it's like actually targeted for SEO. And uh, so that, that's kind of my plan. It's like, I, f I feel like there's, there's got to be a way to like, do one thing and have it do a bunch of things. Has to be. That absolutely has to be. It's leverage. You like have to be able to create leverage. Otherwise, we're we're all in trouble. But instead of you like doing the Loom videos, what what if you just like recorded like I don't know, like client calls or like strategy calls or it seems like what you're going to be talking about is probably happening some other time during the week, just naturally. Yeah. I, my thinking is that I, I agree. And I think that's one thing. My thinking is that if we want to rank for very specific keywords, you kind of have to build these like long form, like fully kind of explainer articles around I the see. topic area. Like for example, like a keyword that we really want that I think would be an amazing keyword to rank for is the Klaviyo, like the email software that we, our clients work on. Because if you know that word, you are in market kind of very you're like close to in market or at least you could benefit from something that we offer and it's a keyword that is growing in volume and we benefit from all of the vc money that clavio is spending on marketing so we obviously want to rank for that but in order to do that you need to build like the most useful article on the internet about clavio which requires you to conform to Google standards. It needs to have like these specific subheadings. It needs to have this kind of information. We need this kind of numbered list, like that kind of spec like specific thing. I feel like we don't necessarily do on a client call. It's just not, we haven't gained it as much. So um, how, how would you do it? Like somebody would, would, would somebody come up with the SEO strategy and would say, Hey, we need this article. And then you would just sit down and just like, yeah, just talk off the top of your head. I just say it. Yeah, just say it. And then someone someone would make it better. Exactly. We have a great SEO consultant, Katie, who owns an agency, is a senior in an agency as well. And she tells me what to write. And then I say to her, I don't have time to do this. But that's that's the problem that needs to be yeah. solved. Yeah, I might ask you for uh, for her name or her contact information if, if she does Absolutely. that. Because what, what what, what my biggest fear is, is like just not having a clear SEO strategy. Like, yeah, that's the thing for me. That's just like totally mystical. Like I don't, from, from what I understand, like you need to, you need to have the title, the slug, all this stuff kind of like, like all pre-engineered and then you put the content in, but like all of those, those things are kind of like thought ahead of, uh, way ahead of time. Yeah. Do you ever get, do you ever get afraid of like, so like Gary V I think talks about this sometimes talks about how like. SEO is eventually going to get, uh, you know, just obliterated by like voice and all these different things. That's one of the things that always like sticks in the back of my mind is like, am I, am I going to do something that just becomes irrelevant? But, um, I don't know. I mean, does that, any of that kind of stuff ever like hold you back? I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's funny, like that's kind of happening right now. Like, I don't know how up you are on the Facebook iOS 14.5 updates, but basically like Apple is making it significantly more difficult to track people on Facebook. Like the era of like cheap clicks, 
super cheap leads, super cheap conversions on, on Facebook, like is probably ending. Like it's going to become more difficult enough to target on Facebook that you do need to like have some expertise to make that platform work for you. And we've been seeing it increase in like CPMs have been increasing for years and the people, the businesses that are having real success on Facebook right now are like high, high lifetime value products. So we're kind of seeing like that strategy is like losing steam in real time. Like it's not, it's not going to be as powerful to have, to have in, in, in a couple of years. But on the other hand, like we're diversified enough in the tactics that we know how to use that we're kind of immune to it. Like Clavio email marketing is on the rise. We're good at Facebook, which means that people need to come to us if they're failing at it. Um, and the, the techniques that we use are, are quite fundamental. It's really just about like making good creative, making compelling, easy to understand creative and making your ad accounts simple and well-structured and avoiding mistakes, um, which are fundamental and it's always going to be necessary and, and people can overthink this stuff. So I think for us, it's really about like not having all our eggs in one basket. That's been like a huge thing for me because definitely I know for SEO, it's always like Google updates. That's what people stress out about. It's like Google changes the algorithm and then all of a sudden you're not on page one anymore. So you do need other ways of reaching people. Um, and I think that's what's been hard is like, how do we actually diversify? It takes so much more work to run an email list and run SEO and do this blog post and do this thing and do this thing. But it, yeah. it helps. Does e-commerce like mess around on, on YouTube at all? I've, I've heard that like, that's, that's one ground that's kind of untapped right now. Like in terms of like the cost. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. I have personally done it on, cause I came from being a Google buyer and I still am a Google buyer and have, have had a couple of real successes on YouTube. Like for sure. I don't, I can, I can do it about 40% of the time I test it, I would say, which is not a slam dunk by any means, but when it works, it's absolutely amazing. Like absolutely amazing. We grew a business from 40 K a month to over a million dollars a month in six months, just one YouTube really? ad. Wow. Like you can do it. It's, it's really doable. But for, if, if there are people out there who know how to do it predictably and like really know how to do YouTube, again, I think it's more for high ticket products. Like you really need a product that's a little more expensive. Um, and you need to spend a lot of money. Like it's a, like the algorithm is, is quite volume sensitive. And if you can, if you can afford to spend 10, 20 grand just on testing, you're far more likely to have a positive outcome than if you have to decide if your test was successful at five grand of spend because it's very algorithmic. Um, so it, it's biased to the, the, the more high budget advertisers, but it's definitely like something that we want to do more and move into and, and spend more time yeah. with. That's something that I've just like, I've just been dreaming about. But one of the reasons why I haven't done ads partly is because I'm helping people do organic stuff anyway. So I feel like if mm -hmm. the more I just keep focused on that and making that work, um, the more I can kind of stay true to like my mission, my purpose. Um, but at the same time, I just, yeah, there's, there's something uh, like alluring to like figure that, that code out and, uh, and get those ads running. So you would do very well on YouTube. I think a lot of coaches and, and course people and, and, there's a, it's very easy from what I understand to run those kinds of ads on YouTube. Cause they're like successful. a little more high ticket. 
Yeah, it's more high ticket, and it's also YouTube is a place people go to right. learn something. They haven't. So there's a large amount of entrepreneurs on there trying to learn something, and it's also a medium where having faces really works. Every ad that I've had work on YouTube is straight to camera, looking right in the camera. Um, so yeah. you're already doing that. Well, cool, man. Um, well, I appreciate you being here. So maybe just tell people a little bit more about like what you do specifically and where they can get a hold of you if they need you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry. Um, this is, if you are looking for us, we work with Shopify e-commerce brands. Um, we work with Shopify e-commerce brands. Oh my God, I'm just going <laughs> to... No worries, man. Uh, this is not my, it's not even my, I muted my main Slack, but this is my other one. So I'll close it. We work with Shopify e-commerce brands that are trying to scale generally. If you have had some traction in the market and you're looking to grow revenue uh, rapidly and profitably, that we're the, probably the people to call. Um, you could go to our website, which is loop.club, or go to my LinkedIn, to linkedin.com slash in slash Tim dash Keen, and I'll be there. You're the only person I've ever met that knew how to, that knew to tell people to put the N in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have made that mistake yeah. so many times. That's awesome. Man, well, I appreciate you being on. Like, it's it's... Honestly, it's been a huge pleasure to have been introduced to you and I look forward to interacting with you for, uh, for a lifetime really. So, um, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Oh, likewise, this, this growth, like it really would not have happened had we not had this, that meeting, like we you helped us unlock this. So that's awesome. man. Likewise. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll see ya.